All right, you ready to hear from God's Word here a little bit this morning? Let's open our Bibles, take our phones. This is God speaking to us in His infallible Word. He speaks truth. He never lies. It's always completely reliable. And so let's look at Colossians chapter 1 this morning. And uh, I've selected this. This is a little bit of departure from Hebrews. Pastor Jerry will be back with Hebrews next week. And uh, this little sermon actually is from the exact same text that I preached my very first sermon here out of 16 years ago. And I'm picking this text because I want to make the statement, things that really matter are God and what he speaks to us never change. The truth 16 years ago is the same truth that we build our foundations on today, and we stand upon it. Circumstances have changed. I have grown a lot. But the things that matter most to me have stayed the same. In fact, I saw in my first sermon 16 years ago, I was joking with my kids because my kids said, you know, Dad, we're going to bury you in Funk, Nebraska. That's a real town in Nebraska, believe it or not. We're going to bury you in Funk. And I said in this first sermon 16 years ago, nanny, 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 I'm in Salt Lake City now. You can't bury me in Funk. (laughs) Oh, my destiny. (laughs) But here we are in Colossians chapter 1, and um, Paul always begins with this deep sense of thankfulness to God, and we see it in this text again. If you read through his epistles over and over again, he starts with thanksgiving, and I want to use this to uh, highlight three things that I am thankful for uh, this morning. So Colossians chapter 1 says this, Paul an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. Notice the first thing Paul says is that he is called to be an apostle by the will of God. So the first thing I want to say I'm thankful for is God's gracious sovereignty that he is in control of all things and sovereign over everything in life. Um, Paul says in particular that he's an apostle by the will of God. He was on his way to Damascus to deliver letters to the synagogue there, uh, seeking to bind up Christians and throw them in jail and sometimes kill them. And he met Jesus Christ face to face, and it changed his life forever. And he gave his life to Christ, and now he is serving him and writing as an apostle Scripture for us that we still read thousands of years later. From that day forward, Paul Paul trusted completely in God's sovereignty over all things. It's a big theme in his writings. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11, he says, God works out all things according to the counsel of his will. He understood that everything was under God's sovereign grace and goodness and that was really, for Paul, no small thing. Because you know where Paul was when he was writing this? (laughs) Yeah, he was an apostle by the will of God, but he was in jail by the will of God. And that gave him great peace. And everything we encounter and everything we go through, we can trust is coming through God's good hand. And everything we face, it is true for all Christians, it is God's sovereign will for us. In fact, it says in Romans chapter 11, verse 36, For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. 
And so this sense of God's sovereignty gives us great, great peace. We can trust him with our lives. In fact, Charles Spurgeon said, uh, Pastor Jim quoted this here several weeks ago, but, he, but uh, Charles Spurgeon said, the sovereignty of God is the pillow upon which the child of God rests his head at night, giving him perfect peace. Nothing gets away from our good God. He is always attending to all things in our lives. So why are you in Salt Lake City today, gang? Right? Some of you love being here. Some of you wish you were somewhere else. Right? You know that. Why are you here? Because God has you here. Right? Why was Paul in prison? <laughs> right? By God's sovereign hand, his good and gracious sovereign hand. And why am I going to Nebraska? I mean, who does this? Who leaves this beautiful city and goes over there 700 miles further from his kids? Just following our good God who's sovereignly directing us and guiding us in life. In many ways, this move just seems crazy to us, but I am at peace because it is God's good and gracious will. I've seen it throughout my life. I've seen it every step of the way. You know, when we came here, uh, we weren't looking for a job. I, wasn't, I, I was happy where I was, peacefully living in Nebraska. And I had a friend of my staff that wasn't happy, and he said, will you help me find a job? I said, okay. So we went on a couple websites and looked at jobs for him, and guess what? I saw a church in Salt Lake City that just jumped out at me, and I said, that sounds kind of fun. I think I'll send him a resume. You were crazy enough to hire me. You ask me the odds of being in Nebraska at, this, at the end of this year, in January this past year, I would have said it was zero. But God has taken us. But he says in Acts 17 that God determines the times and places that we live, that we should seek him and perhaps find him in our lives. And so let's, as we know that God has us here, seek him with all our hearts. Because when we find him, we have eternal life thankful for God's gracious sovereignty. Second of all, I'm thankful for the local church. Look at this. Verse 2, it says, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae. So Paul is writing to believers in a town, a local church of believers that were gathered. He calls them saints, set-apart ones. These were Christ followers, and they were gathering as God's people, and his heart just bursts with thanksgiving for them. They have been such an encouragement to him. And I am so thankful for the local church. And you are too. Wherever we go, we find God's people gathered, don't we? People to love and to love us and to do ministry together, encourage us and strengthen with us and stand with us. I remember our first church we went to, we were 22 years old. We were traveling 2,000 miles away from home. And we came to church that first day. And there were God's people. And an old couple came up to us. I still remember their names. This is 40 years ago now. George and Elizabeth. Man, they must have been 80 years old then. They'd be 150 today. And so they came up to us and they invited us to their house and just loved on us. That's, that's God's people. Wherever you go, they are there. And I am so thankful for them. And Paul is just bursting at the seams. And he talks about this church. He says, I am, I've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. This is the faith that brings us together. What, I mean, what brings this crazy assembly of people together to, today? 
Like, right, look around. Right? These aren't people you'd pick for your friends. You know it. But God did. He put us together because of our faith in Jesus Christ. And he says that now you are brothers and sisters. We become like family with each other. And we rejoice when people accept Jesus because they're being added to our family. We celebrate baptisms because these are people that are added to our family. We are come together of people of faith, trusting in Christ together. But he also says, not only was it their faith that stood out to him, it was the love that you have for all the saints. This is how our faith is expressed. It is this special, powerful impulse that God puts in us to love one another as his people. And it gives us amazing strength. But there's something remarkable, isn't there, about the love we feel in this building. Even as we sang that song this morning, like it's just overwhelming. It just brings me to tears that God loves us and we love each other because of that, right? He loved us first, and we love because of his love that's poured into our hearts. And I have seen this and experienced this not only personally, but I see this with you, with each other, how much you love each other. I mean, you drive me crazy. You stay around here forever after church, like I'm ready to go home, like, right? And turn out the lights, and you're still talking to each other. Like, come on. It gives me great joy, right? In fact, I sometimes just come up here and walk through the building by myself just to feel the spirit of love that is here when we are gathered. It is such a beautiful and amazing thing. And we have felt so loved here, Mary and I have, from beginning to end. You know, our first year here was pretty tough. In fact, um, I quit, actually. Some of you don't know this. I stopped coming to church. That's a pretty bad thing for a pastor. I, I stopped coming to church in October... And I didn't go to church for three months. I'm like, any reasonable church should have fired that pastor. Yeah, and all God's people say, yeah, you know that. But I remember that Christmas season when we were going through it and weren't going to church, that a bunch of you came and caroled at our house. And, and, <laughs> I was telling Brent Gardner yesterday, I remember him and Nicole standing out in front of our church and in front of our house caroling Christmas carols to the pastor who wasn't coming to church. And it just touched our hearts. And it was the love that was extended to us in that season that brought us back and got us back on our feet. And we are so thankful to God for you. And in fact, if you remember the words of Jesus in John 13, 35, he says, you will know us by our love for one another. And we have seen it, and we have felt it, and the bright light of Risen Life Church is shining by your love for one another. But finally, <clears throat> he says here, he has not only your faith and your love, but verse 5, he says, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, that the foundational peace that he has here in this triad, which is very famous, right, faith, love, and hope, that the foundational piece here in this little section is hope, that Christians, above all things, should be people of hope, that God is always doing a good work in us. And it has been my great privilege to love and serve you in your hardest places and to show you that no matter what you're going through, there is hope because a good God is with you and he's walking with you and he'll take you through it and he'll get you to the other side. I remember Sherry Hastings, who we recently celebrated her life, 
put her hands on my wife's cheeks one day, and she, she said, it's going to be okay. And I'm just saying to every one of you today, no matter what you're going through, because God loves you and he's for you, that there is hope, and it's going to be okay. Our God is so good. And he promises that he will take us to the end to be with himself, that ultimately, no matter what we're going to, it will end well because God's promises are sure. And it's been really sweet these last few weeks to say goodbye. And some I have honestly said, because I think this is true, I'll see you in heaven. <laughs> some of you I hope we see, right? But some it'll just be, I didn't mean it to come across that way. <laughs> I go home and I moan on my bed some Sundays over things I have said. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I won't even try to correct that. <clears throat> In fact, I'll just move on to the next point. All right. So the local church I'm thankful for. Third, I am thankful for the precious gospel message. <clears throat> Look at verse, second half of verse 5 and 6. Of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel, which has come to you, as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing, as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. That Paul always brings us back in all that he says to this precious message called the gospel. And uh, we've been celebrating it all weekend. In fact, it was said, I think, by each of the speakers uh, last night in our concert that this message, Luke 2.10, is good news of great joy that will be for all people. That's the gospel, right? I mean, hear this, that God's aim for his people is the highest and most enduring praise and joy that will be for all eternity to His glory and our good and our blessing. That is all that He puts us through in life to bring us to the highest possible joy in Him forever and ever. And you can be sure of that. And we experience this joy in God through the gospel. The understanding and the application of all that Jesus did for us on that cross to drive it deep into the very center of our hearts and our lives. And this joy is found as we think on and meditate on this gospel and the cross of Christ. Where we see in that cross, first of all, how sinful we are, right? We're a sinful people. We do our own thing. We run away, right? And, and God says, okay, to come to me, come back to me. I've got to die for you. You want to see our sin, you look at the cross. And that will show us how broken we are and how sinful we are. Jesus had to die for us. There was no other way. Only a perfect man, son of God, could die in our place. But we also see in that cross his amazing love and grace and mercy and goodness because that pays the price for every sin we've ever committed so that we can stand fully and completely accepted before God and be free to live as we were intended 
to live. And as we study and ponder and reflect on these realities in increasing measure, our joy grows. This is what we try to teach every Sunday. We teach the gospel every Sunday because this is the source of our joy and our praise of Him. When we understand how sinful we are more than we'll ever imagine and how much loved and accepted we are more than we'll ever imagine, that lights up our heart to praise Him and brings joy to the inside of us that then is a bright light to the world around us. And so it's a message that we try to teach every Sunday. I had one of our good people come up to me last Sunday and said, what makes me so excited about this church is that you teach the gospel every Sunday. And it is like drinking fresh water week by week. It's the gospel message. And so as I have traveled with you over these last many years, I've seen my sin more and more. Sometimes it just scares me how evil I can be and have the potential to be. By the grace of God, I haven't gone and just destroyed myself. But at the same time, I have seen through Christ and His Word and your love for us how loved and accepted I am and have grown in His grace, and it's just overwhelming. And this is what transforms us, this amazing gospel. And that is our aim, is to just go deeper and deeper and deeper into it. Whether it's for the first time that we receive it and are saved, or we've been walking with Jesus for 40-some years, it continues to transform us from the inside out and make us all that God wants us to be. And Paul said it this way in Ephesians 3, 18 and 19. He said, may I pray that you will have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Band, you can come on up. The church family and brothers and sisters, we have swam in this river of love and grace together for 16 years. And it's been a sweet thing. And it has freed us to live and to love and to serve, to laugh persevere in and through life and to bring healings to our broken places. We have celebrated this gospel together over lunches and coffee, countless ones together, sometimes in my office, just rejoicing in the grace that God has shown us and find it in our lives to change us. It's been extended to hundreds of people who have walked through this building week by week, year by year. And this last weekend, we celebrated together the last two nights. It was just a marvelous thing. And our staff meetings are filled with sweet laughter. I think if you saw them, you might be wondering whether or not this church is well-led. <laughs> but it is a joy. We rejoice over the gospel and how it has changed you. We do it every week. We just rejoice over your lives. and. We have worked with everything we have. We call it bulldog intensity, you know, and they make fun of me for saying this. To do everything we can to get this gospel into the hearts of people so they can be changed from the inside out. And sometimes it gets us into trouble. As we've reached out and tried to help people, young and old. I know I've gotten a few calls over the years from Josh Jost, our youth pastor, and he goes, oh, Kevin, got the police called on me again. I said, Josh, that's your job. If you don't get the police called on you once a year, you're not doing it. You're fired. you got to have that happen. you got to reach into the lives of these kids. 
16 years ago, I said, Sean, you're going to be our worship leader. And uh, that was a really great decision. I was really, really proud of him and how he has grown. And he said to me, he reminded me of this conversation. He goes, you know I have a tattoo on my arm. And he said, this is what you said, Kevin. I like big men with tattoos. <laughs> I don't remember saying that. <laughs> I do have one thing against Sean. I have asked him to let me play on this worship team for 16 years. I said, Sean, I'll even take an egg and just shake it. Like, right? You seen those ones? And he's never let me. For the better of the church. <laughs> but we are leaving with filled hearts and overflowing cups of blessing. More than you'll know. And for us, going to Nebraska is like going home to family. Family awaits us there been away and now we're returning home and I'm going home a much better person and a much better pastor because of your love for us thank you I have learned so much and been blessed here and I feel like I'm going to bring the blessing there I feel like Abraham you know in Genesis 12 where he's going to go to this faraway land and God says I've blessed you now you go and be a blessing and I'm going to take the blessings that I have received here and be a blessing there Life Church, thank you for all your love and patience and friendship, teamwork in the gospel. And all glory and honor be to Jesus Christ forever and ever.